0: Welcome to The Power of a Graceful Leader with Alexis Thompson. Join us as we explore ways to access your deep inner wisdom, learn what it looks and feels like so that you can find your own path to integration, flow, and alignment, awakening the graceful leader within you. And now here's your host, Alexis Thompson. Hello, and welcome to another episode of The Power of a Graceful Leadership Podcast. Thanks for being here with me. I'm looking forward to sharing with you a really lovely, gentle, and fun conversation with Mukti Gray. Mukti's name is translated as liberation. She's been a teacher at Open Gate Sangha and the lineage of Adashanti since 2004. Her teaching methods are founded in meditation, self-inquiry, and body awareness. She brings flavors of healing, nurturing, quietude, and a refreshing down-to-earth humanity. The conversation will leave you pondering, and hopefully laughing. Join us now. I'm uber excited to be here with Mukti Gray as we talk about grace in all kinds of forms. And we'll just dive right in and get into it. Um, we've had a little pre-conversation, so I'm excited to see where this conversation takes us. We're going to get in flow and go with it through the conversation. But we always start out with the same con- the same question to get us in that flow. And when we when we think about grace, it has so many layers and uh, meanings, depending upon where you are in the world, where you are in your own personal space, definitely upon your spiritual journey. So can you share with us a little bit about what grace means or how it exists in your life currently? Mm-hmm.
1: Thank you. Thank you for the yeah. welcome. Um, yes, I feel that when I, when I think of grace or when I feel grace, I associate it with a sense of blessing. hmm And that would be, um, not just the, the notion of let's say people saying prayer before a meal, like a blessing before a meal, but actual, um, felt sense that, that might come about in grace before a meal, but it's a, it's a moment or occurrence in time Mm -hmm. of, of a sense of, uh, kind and loving, benevolent blessing, you know, on the moment or on, on, on myself as, as a person or um, in, in the perfume of expression of, Mm. of an individual or uh, an unfolding of a, of a, of a beautiful experience. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: Um, But interestingly enough, I've also been introduced to the, the term fierce grace, Mm-hmm. And, and sometimes uh, grace can cannot always feel pleasant and may not on the surface feel kind, but in actuality, it, it may be a, a great kindness to, to turn our attention towards something difficult, uh, something challenging and stretch us and stretch mm-hmm. our capacity to, to be more conscious, to be more alert, uh, to attend to,
0: to what's before us. Yeah, or, I love that. Or within
1: us, yeah. yeah,
0: yeah. That's that's lovely. Um, so can you think of a time in the recent past, or maybe far past? It doesn't matter where in your life, life experience where you can remember grace upon you or within you, and the experience of that.
1: Hmm. Yes. Yes. Uh, well, I feel like I've been fortunate to have have several of those experiences, and some of them have seem to be more tied to you know events or persons on the outside Mm -hmm. and some have been uh, much more in inner experiences Mm
0: -hmm.
1: and um, I was wondering if you have a particular interest in a particular kind of grace or
0: no I think whatever uh, you feel moved to share is what we're supposed to be taking in together
1: (laughs) okay okay good well
2: I think that
1: the moments of grace that stand out the most to me Mm -hmm. are ones that dramatically shifted my state, you know, Mm -hmm. from, from one experience to something dramatically more, more positive or, um, more settling or enlivening and, um, I think it's it's interesting how nothing is really in in this moment uh, popping forward, but let me let me just see if I can pull.
2: I guess I'll I'll mention how there's been times where I
1: felt like I was in, in a dangerous situation. Um, like let's say, you know, driving on the freeway and Mm -hmm. seeing that like a bunch of cars are all going to come and converge into a wreck Mm -hmm. and, and somehow just like my reflexes will just steer me in just the right way that will, you know, sail me through with just inches on either side or, um, situations where maybe, uh, harm would come to me. Like recently, I had a what I felt was a very magical moment when I was with a girlfriend and we were standing outside of a of a, a Broadway type show, mm-hmm. and um, she got her cell phone out to to look to where we were going to be going next, and someone came to to grab her cell phone, and just by some grace, my body like moved, saw him out of the corner of my eye, and moved between us. And he, I could feel his like breath on my back and my mm-hmm. neck, you know, and his, 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 uh, foot stomped really hard behind me, but it just pivoted. And he just walked away in a way that he just sensed like, okay, this opportunity, um, shifted.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And, um, you know, both of us, my girlfriend and I were just standing there with this sense of Oh my goodness. Like that, that was close. And, Mm -hmm. but it was just so easeful and flowing, Mm -hmm. you know, or either, you know, there can be times where I've, you know, been in the presence of someone who has just been deeply, deeply listening to me and have just felt like this warm embrace of presence come in and just shift maybe a state of grief or Mm -hmm. or, um, difficulty. And that, that presence and grace just mix in with what is difficult and, and make it, uh, beautified in some way through that connection.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think that's a, those are all really cool examples of how grace can show up in so many different ways and experiences. Mm -hmm. And the being heard part is so, when we think about leadership, whether we're leading ourselves and listening to ourselves completely, or we're mm-hmm. leading others and we have that privilege, the listening is so key. And, um, you know, I can't, you know, the reason that you're on this call for me is the work that Adashante does, does mm-hmm, in his yeah. world. Uh-huh. And I went to a 10 day silent retreat, um, and Omega, gosh, how old am I now? So five years ago now, was my 50th year. And, um, it was so full of magic, but the, the, what brings up for what comes up for me when you say the listening piece was I had not probably ever sat with myself Mm. with 300 other people right around you and no communication. And all you have is yourself to do business with. And, um, it changed my life in so many ways. And that was a large reason why I reached out to both of you to send a book and say, thank you. And he cited in that book many times Mm
2: -hmm. because,
0: um, yeah, I'm feeling all this very deeply right here. So there's a, there's a place that I experience grace in my body more than it's not everywhere. It's definitely not in my head, right? Grace is a thing that happens around my heart chakra area but it also encompasses my solar plexus. Mm -hmm. And, and I had a moment of grace and it was probably interesting that you said fierce grace, because I haven't really played with that concept very much the, you know, holding both of those things so closely together. But on that retreat, I had, um, I haven't shared this with very many people, but I couldn't sleep. And so I got up and Omega's dark. I'm, you know, it's in the, uh, in yeah. New York and there's no lighting, which is lovely. But so in the dark, you're in the dark and then you're in the dark. It's multiple layers of darkness. Right. And, and I walked um, by memory down to the lake area mm-hmm. and I stumbled into a hammock that was hanging. Like I <laughs> ripped it and I was like, okay. And I laid in that hammock for the rest of the night. But interestingly, I listened um, for, the acorns that were falling from the tree. And it's scary, right? If you don't know, you're like, it feels like thunder. It sounds like right. thunder. And I can remember in that moment, the fierceness of being still because so much was coming together in that moment,
2: mm-hmm. that evening
0: in those hours. And there was like this crack, I guess mm-hmm. I'm going to say, that was filling with light that I don't know, even know how to... I know that if you've had the experience in your own way, you know what I'm saying, but if you haven't, it sounds weird, but literally I felt like my heart cracked open that night. Mm -hmm. Um, and so when the crack came, a bunch of lovely, really amazingness came in and consciousness came in. And this is when the whole grace concept was just like really anchored for me. And, um, there was a listening to myself that I hadn't done before, you know, to the versions of myself, to the higher version of myself, to all the guides and, and goddesses and all the things that I don't think we hear because we're so busy,
1: you know, yes, we're yes. so busy.
0: Right. So um, I love that you brought up listening because it is a very loving gift mm-hmm. to be completely present with it another is. human being. Yeah. And it is healing. It is healing. It's amazing
1: how healing it is. And with, with very little words
0: needing to be said. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for bringing that up. I haven't thought about it in a while. And um, yeah. when I do sit in meditation and go back to that moment in time, um, it brings a lot of, a lot back to me. So thank yes, you. For that. Yes. that was a nice You're surprise. Welcome. Yeah.
1: Well, you know what I, I love about uh, stories of people's hearts cracking open is how um, how often people will see that that's the whole point you know because some people will want to put their heart back together mm. but to actually see that oh to let it crack and actually break open mm. is is really truly the, at the heart of the matter. Yeah.
0: <laughs> It is, and I guess you know because of where I was and the work that I was doing, I didn't feel like I would want to put it together there. But I think if I had had that experience right. in a more day to day, I wouldn't have felt the privilege of being safe enough to to allow that. That's a great point. Yeah. 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 Okay. So when I when I wrote the book, I, um, you know, three six three to six three came in, then three more came in, so tenants around kind of what it means to be a graceful leader and and the point of it isn't that you're you're it you get a certificate you wear the t-shirt and you're done um, <laughs> <laughs> that is that is the affinity symbol on the cover is to show the infinite movement and grace and positioning and awarenesses at so many levels that a leader develops over time to hopefully um, be more adaptive and more, Fierce. I really like that fiercely graceful thing because a leader doesn't at times need to be extremely fierce and yes, yeah, and and powerful in the softness. And um, one of the tenets called the compassionately powerful, which is the last one listed, reminds me of that. Pers- it looks like duality, but the duality is the illusion, right? Mm-hmm. That that as a woman growing up in my leadership capabilities and so many women that I work with, um, there's the I can be compassionate or I can be um, powerful. I can't be both. Yeah. 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 And so fierce and grace don't sound like they go together, right? They like don't. I can be fierce or I can be graceful. Right. So I but love there's that it, something so liberating about putting them together. <laughs> it is. Yeah. And that's what it, when I talk about compassionately powerful, people are like, "What? I don't even know. Like, I don't even know how to hold that in the same sentence.
1: Right. So, right. Um, so it's Well, kind that's of- also a testament to how people really tend to define power.
0: Yes. Yeah. 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 I know um, back like from 45 to 50, I did a lot of reading, right? And that's when Adashanti came into my realm of knowing. And also Stephen Hawkins and when we were talking about consciousness mm-hmm. and all those things and force versus force versus power was yeah kind of a like aha like oh my gosh, it's so interesting. And um and that right. that kind of broke down. And I'd start playing with things and say, well, could I hold these two things together? And if I did, what would that be? And, and it became right. quite a, a fun contemplation for me to, to just play with in, in my meditation practices. Super yeah. transformative as well. Yeah. Yeah. Has um, the, one of the tenets is called transparency, right? And I think mm-hmm for lack of a better thing, it's become kind of a buzzword vulnerability and transparency lately. And, and it's not that that makes the any less true. Mm-hmm. Um, however, I think sometimes we take words and what the original intent or the original meaning of it is, and we dilute it in many different ways. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so when you think about transparency for yourself and the way that you live, how does that show up or what would that mean to you?
2: Well,
1: I think ultimately it it means being who I am. Um, and that can mean a lot of different things to a lot of people, but to me, it means being um, very authentic mm-hmm. as as best as I'm able mm-hmm. um, to To accept my imperfections mm. and um, and lean in despite those, you know, to um, in a sense, I, I'm almost feeling surprised at what's coming to me to say. It's it's um, having a kind of faith in whoever I'm with that mm. they have the capacity to. Um, meet, meet me for exactly who I am and to tr- have trust in that. Yeah. And to simultaneously do my utmost to meet them for who they are in all their dimensions and layers, but especially in recognizing the essence of who they are mm-hmm. as, you know, as spirit, or we could say as, as presence Mm -hmm. And, um, I think when I connect with that in another person, that is what comes forward in me. Mm -hmm. And so I think that transparency follows from that.
0: Yeah. Has it been, has this process been an evolution for you or a lot of times when I'm coaching people and we talk about this, there's a fair amount of fear that creeps up inside of that being willing to be seen concept. Do you have any um, stories you'd want to share, any tips that you have about discerning around when and when not to do that or how? Sure, sure, I do,
1: yeah. Uh, Well, I'd love to get to the tip, but I'll just first give an example. You know, I I grew up with uh, uh, modeling and parenting that sometimes would emphasize more a kind of evenness. Of spirit, you know, like, don't get too high, don't get too, then you won't get too low, you know, and this kind of feeling of, of um, being more even, and I think maybe even ancestrally through my Irish lineage, I think there was some, something I picked up on too about like, don't stand out too much, Mm -hmm. you know, almost like, don't let the English rule, like, Give, give, don't give them anything to, you know, make, make trouble in your life about. Right. Mm-hmm. And so I don't know for sure if that's where it came from, but it just felt like something in me picked up on this, you know, like don't stand out too much, Yeah, but, but also don't, don't forget to contribute and participate and come forward. And so it was one of these sort of paradoxical experiences because my mother in particular was a, a leader in the community, the communities of like uh, the school I went to, the, the Catholic parish that I was raised in when I was particularly young. And so um, I had that modeling of leadership, but also it it wasn't. It wasn't tremendously forward in any kind of showy or attention getting way. Mm -hmm. And so I was kind of modeled more of a quiet leadership thing. Mm -hmm. And so I I never really uh, took too well to public speaking or or standing out in front. And so it has been a process for me to get used to that and Mm -hmm. do more of that. Um, I remember in high school, I took public speaking on purpose because it, uh, public speaking was something that I feared.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: I thought, well, I, I better take it then because <laughs> I need to get over this fear.
0: Yeah,
1: And it, it was helpful to some degree. And, but in a large, and for, for the most part, for many, many years, I was never very comfortable mm-hmm. speaking, speaking publicly, even though I would do it despite that discomfort. Um, but as, so as far as a lesson there goes, I, I would say, um, you know, if, if you're drawn to, if a person listening is, is drawn to step forward in certain ways, you know, fear doesn't have to stop you. It it can mm-hmm. be like kind of, you know, something at your side, um, but it need not rule the day.
2: Mm.
1: And sometimes fear. Is incredibly close to power or excitement or, you know, something that you're on the precipice of. That's that's very significant. And so, what our mind would simply label fear, on closer examination, maybe a whole host of feelings that can actually uh, help a person Mm -hmm. step forward when they connect those emotions or that, that that sensation with a positive, um, narrative or, you know, positive framework. Mm-hmm. And, um, so I would encourage people to look, you know, very closely at that. Um, I had another pointer I really wanted to share. Uh, let me just see if it can come back to me because it might've slipped away from my mind. Let's see.
0: Could you repeat the original question? Do you remember what it was even? (laughs) Yeah, I know. I hear you. So I was was asking or trying to get to any um, tips, tricks, or stories you have about being willing to be seen.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I have a story and it may not exactly be seen. It may be more like be heard. Okay. But um, I remember when I started uh, in the current role that I, that I do do as a spiritual teacher, um, when I first started, I started through one-on-one counseling sessions Mm -hmm. and I I wasn't speaking publicly and very close to the beginning. I had a, a private counseling meeting with someone who, um, I felt was at some level, um, trying to uh, pull the wool over my eyes, so to speak, or mm. even even um, denying some things that were happening within her her own self. And so I have this mechanism inside me that somehow I just got gifted with, I feel it's a gift anyway, where when I feel like like something really just sounds off or mm-hmm. you know something, someone's not being true or they're not being authentic. I have what you might call like a good bullshit meter that goes yeah. off yeah. And I experience it low down in my gut. And it just goes ding 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 ding. ding, ding. Mm-hmm. And it, it's something that gets my attention that that is basically telling me, don't stand for this, you know, um, not just for my own sake but Mm -hmm. for, for the other persons as well, like something here really needs to be rectified. And when this happened in this um, private meeting, it was so powerful that I wasn't very used to it. it. There was so much adrenaline coming into my system and so many alert bells going off that I felt like in that moment, I wouldn't be able to speak as you would say, in a compassionately powerful way. Got it. Like I I felt like oh my gosh, you know, I don't know what's going to come out of my mouth, but it mm-hmm. feels like it's not going to be you know, uh professional or nice or something like that. So I kind of stuffed it. Like mm-hmm. I this energy was kind of rising from my gut to speak and I suppressed it. Mm. But what happened was um the energy sort of sneaked around my suppressing you know uh, mechanism inside and it sort of sneaked around anyway and, and came out my mouth and I called her on something, but it kind of got distorted because yeah. I had had this like sensor put on it. And so it didn't didn't come out um, in a way that was received very well. but it was actually very astute. And I was calling this person on something. And um, even though it didn't sit well with them in the
0: moment, mm-hmm.
1: I, I really reflected on it. And I thought, you know, it, it was actually fairly on the mark, even though it wasn't very skillfully delivered. Fair enough. So I was mentioning this to Adya, who's my, my, not only my husband, but my teacher. And I didn't mention any of the particulars because I like to keep all my private meetings very private. Mm -hmm. But I told him like the basic mechanism what happened. And he said, Mukti, you know, that instinct you have, he said, that's the best thing in you. Let it rip. Mm. And, and I was like, Oh, like, like (laughs) it almost sounded like, you know, um, oh my gosh, what will happen if I do that? Mm -hmm. You know, um. And, and that's so true. We don't know when words come faster than thought, Mm -hmm. you know, when they come without the mind working them out, you know, when they, they just come in a response that, that are in just the right timing Mm -hmm. and you know, when we get out of the way and just let that happen, um, we don't know how it's going to land we're we're in the front row seat just like the other person you know to to the unfolding of the moment but to be able to do that is to be able to let an intelligence and wisdom of life that that knows how to take care of itself that knows how to rectify a situation you know move in a totally unencumbered way yeah and i think that that was probably one of my first incredible lessons about inherent power mm-hmm. of what seems to be of the individual, but I feel it's actually of an intelligence that no one even actually can own. It's mm-hmm. it's it's a larger intelligence that um, just senses when life is presenting in a way that's unhealthy or um, off or... Mm-hmm illusory. And it just knows how to, to rectify it.
0: Yeah, that is very, um, I'm sitting here just a little bit in awe, because I would say that when this transparency tenant is something that I constantly have to dig within myself, um, just to be willing to be seen. So uh, Mm. I don't have a huge willingness to do that. Although I get called to do it a lot. Um, Yeah, I bet. It's just, it's, it's not, it's, there's a lot of fear there. So I really, really appreciated your, um, your invitation to kind of look under the hood at the thing I'm tagging is fear. And uh-huh, perhaps, uh-huh. perhaps it could be something else that walks right. me that rather than stops me. I think that's definitely something I'm going to contemplate for, for a bit here to see if it helps me get through my own personal um, unwillingness to be seen in some areas of my life. (laughs) Sometimes have you ever had the experience that I have a pretty good BS meter too? And I've through my coaching practice, practice, I would say I've refined, um, as I'm sure you have the delivery of what's coming through me and isn't of me. Mm -hmm. Um, so the other person can at least be willing to ponder, consider, digest whatever's received. Um, but, um, Have you ever been unwilling to be transparent? Yes. Yes. Can you share? I'm
1: not exactly sure that that's true. Um, I I have had moments where I have um, suppressed transparency. Mm -hmm. I don't know if it was because of unwillingness. Like we could maybe say it was,
0: Mm -hmm.
1: but I don't think I consciously was unwilling yeah. I think if I was conscious in that moment of what I was doing in suppressing, you know, some inner knowing and, and not acting according to that quieter knowing, mm-hmm. um, you know, I think if I was more conscious, I yeah. would have gladly and willingly acted a- according to a-, a deeper wisdom. Yeah. But yeah. I-, I certainly have reflexively, um, suppressed certain things yeah. um like in 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 a given moment when i was let's say aware um of like don't say this but i had already started to say it mm-hmm. something and then i'm just at a loss as to how to finish my sentence or you know everybody's looking at me and i'm in the middle of saying something and i have this feeling like it's not a good idea to say this and then but i'm like uh Mid sentence, and then I finish saying it because I'm just at such a loss. Yeah, and um, you know, I've I've uh, actually practiced, you know, sometimes like replaying those moments and going, okay, you know, how would you do it differently? You know, mm-hmm. would you just say, oh, Actually, I'm not going to say this, and everyone's like, come on, like, yeah, you just started and not finish it, and then I'll, I would like replay my mind, like, no, I actually. I'm not going to finish it. You know, it's just yes. better for all of us. Or, or how I like, I'll try to um, sometimes go go back and, in the privacy of my own being, ask myself how could I have um, ended that scenario in a more skillful way. Yeah. And I'm not doing it because I'm gonna like use it as a script next time, but I'm mm-hmm. trying to pattern you know, Mm -hmm. something inside myself that develops a language of how to get myself out of hot water or, (laughs) you know, whatever it might be. And, and it does seem to help like kind of creating these new grooves and Mm -hmm. new, new patterns. And so it's, it's something that I, I do once in a while, you know, I,
0: I have these little
1: scripting sessions with myself.
0: Yeah, no, I, I do the same thing. And what it seems to offer me is um, a consciousness, which is, I think first, right. Right. But then it, then you, you actually create space for choice, right? Like right. You, you can run the scenario pretty quickly. Like this is what happened last time. Do I want that same <laughs> outcome or should I try this other thing? But you're right. able to do it in the moment and it isn't so clunky. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. That's really good. That's really good. There's a, there's a tenant here that I can't wait to talk to you about and it's called connecting with yourself and universe. So universe could be whatever you, whatever word works, God, Gaia, universe, whatever works for you. And I, I grew up Catholic as well. So we have that background together. Okay.
2: Um,
0: So what tell me or tell all of us a little bit about your, how you connect to something bigger, different. I don't even know the right word there than yourself if you yeah. indeed do, and just take us for a journey on that.
1: Okay, great. Yeah. Well, I'm going to use the God word for the moment. Okay. And I just love the listeners to who, who maybe aren't as, um, you know, warmed to that word to, to yep. just hang in there with me because I'm going to shift in, in a direction that I think they'll feel more comfortable with if they're not comfortable with that word. But I'll just say that um, when I was young, mm-hmm. there- there was some confusion in me when I was in Catholic school in religion class, you know, when they would talk about, you know, God is within, Mm -hmm. but they would also say God is everywhere. And I would be kind of like, huh, how does this work? You know, like is, is God in me and God is in everything or does that mean God is just an inner thing, you know, or if God is everywhere, is that like, the whole outside world that I look at, you know, and I, it was, it's maybe just more one of these confusions of a, of a child, but also maybe as grownups too, you know, there's just that sense of. um, Is God the totality or is God a, an aspect of the totality or, or something like that, you know, and it's mm-hmm. this kind of co-on uh, or life riddle and um so I think that when I, when you asked me how I might connect with that, I feel, um, and maybe this ties into one of your other tenets of alignment, but, but I feel that what I like to do is, um, if I'm going to do that more deliberately often, I'll sit in meditation Mm -hmm. and, um, I'll, I'll actually align my, physical body or what we might call our energy body in a way that really connects down with the earth but also lengthens and opens up mm-hmm. toward the heavens and a sense of spaciousness around me. So there's this kind of um, marriage of resting down and in and letting my awareness, you know uh, flower out mm-hmm. and um, just just feel a sense of being very much here in my body but also being open to the moment as a whole or even the the surroundings
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know the sights the the sounds the sensations for me especially the sounds you know just like listening to sounds and you know feeling the temperature of the room or the, the vibrations of the car going by along the street yeah. or the wind in the trees that kind of thing so I feel that somehow in meditation this marriage of God within and God without can occur through this bridge of, of attention. And I I like uh, to call attention when it's not focused and, or fixated. I like to call it awareness. Okay. And, um, or we could say that we're aware of uh, a focused attention, but there's, there's a kind of easier access to a sense of awareness when we may not have a lot of our energy in focusing or identifying with and being stuck in thought,
2: Mm -hmm.
1: when our our awareness, our attention is kind of open and flowering and more global, I feel that then we're more conscious of our nature as awareness Mm. that is kind of cast upon the whole of the moment as opposed to one task. Mm or one train of thought. And so when there's that open awareness, um, I feel that it, it can link up with what I like to call body awareness. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, the body can be aware of being rooted down and being supported from the earth or being supported by the space around us or opening into the space around us being receptive to that grounding energy or to that, open, sort of harmonizing quality of spaciousness.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And so I think when body awareness and this kind of global open awareness also syncs up with a simultaneous um, measure of attention on settling, on being still, mm-hmm. on, on um, stopping and stepping out of all of the activities of the day, and letting things come to rest then i think this trinity of awareness that i call it you know this focused attention focused awareness global awareness and body awareness when they all come together in a kind of harmony Mm -hmm. then i feel like this perfect setting or environment uh, presents for peace and Mm well-being to come forward for it's a kind of nurturing space. It can be a kind of nourishing, nurturing, harmonizing space or experience for a lot of the heavier, denser energies or the push and pull that mm-hmm. that that pulls at us in life to just really come to rest and uh, not be suppressed, you know, not be indulged, but just come into a kind of harmony, not only within but also with our environment. Mm -hmm. And there's also this kind of ongoing blend of participating and being present and Mm -hmm. actively engaging that awareness, but also being very receptive to the blessings of that stillness, that quiet, that reprieve, Mm -hmm. um, that sense of presence, that sense of attending, you know, that has that kind of leaning in quality of, of um, really actively just being here for the moment. And, and that's a subtlety that sometimes seems boring on first glance, but the more one lets the energies rest from the head downward, you know, the less, the kind of commentator uh, of the mind, Uh, rules the day and the more that quiets the mind typically follows the body so when the body rests the mind comes to greater settling and then it's kind of like the silt in a in a pond or something that that was all stirred up coming to rest and this kind of clarity prevails or rises to the for the surface or the foreground and then there's a, a a true being with the moment in in ways that actually we know to be satisfying when the commentators not saying like nothing's mm-hmm. happening this is boring you know and we know the satisfaction you know from life experiences where we just enjoy sitting at the beach you know looking at the sunset or yeah. we 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 love you know just watching the flames in the fireplace you know move and crackle or whatever it is that just sort of captures us um, even subtleties in in a given moment, like silence or less dramatic uh, sounds, can can be very very rich.
0: Yeah, thank you for that journey. I really enjoyed that. Good, good. I'm glad. <laughs> yeah, I did. I very much enjoyed that. So, um, when you think about lead leaders, right, in mm-hmm. leadership. Um, is there like a tip or a suggestion that you might have for someone to fall into or locate that inner awareness, eventually connecting to the global awareness?
1: Um, Maybe could you phrase the question a different way? Yes, Just I can see if I can sink in a little bit more.
0: Yeah. So if I'm, if I'm listening right now and I'm like, Oh, that sounded amazing. I want to go there, be there, experience this thing. Okay. Um, is there a tip or a, a way of be an access point? Maybe that you would say, maybe you could explore this or try this for someone to uh-huh. see if they can find their way into that. I certainly can answer
1: that. And and what was the
0: piece about the leadership you wanted to tie in? Well, I, I think in, in the space of leading, what I find is that when we can create that for ourselves, Mm -hmm. we also, by default, when we can call it in, when we're with others, we give the opportunity or the gift for others to find their, their spot in that their own spot, not with us, but they, it's an invitation for them to fall into their own awareness. And, and I find that, um, as I'm working with leaders and they're learning that skill, a lot of what comes back is, oh my Lord, it's so much calmer. Oh my Lord, the drama's not there. Oh my Lord, people are so focused. Oh my Lord, we laugh more. Oh my, you know, there's a lot of things that start to come in and be regularly experienced that weren't there prior. Right. Yeah. Yes. Yes.
1: Really well put. Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. Uh, well, let me take a moment with this, and this is this is maybe even a tip right here. Uh, just through modeling, is I like to um, let answers bubble up from the quiet, mm-hmm. and um, it's a part of my makeup. You know, we all have different makeups, and some people they just know right away mm-hmm. what to say, and uh, but I, I often just consult with this quiet. So I'll do that. I think that um, the first piece that, that was, can be super important in, in what we're talking about is developing a sense of spacious observing. Mm-hmm. So, you know, a lot of times when we have our, our given narrative running through our head, or um, we feel we have to act or behave in a certain way. You know, there can be a tendency to just reflexively fall upon habits of communicating and relating. Mm -hmm. And um, what can be helpful is to have some sense of gap, you could say. Um, Willingness to pause, like I was just doing, Mm -hmm. but also um, an interest in what it is to step back from what's happening. And it may be initially a little bit more difficult right in the the you know the trenches, so to speak, of of life or working and relating in, in mm-hmm. certain environments, especially. But in that's why meditation can be really helpful, is to spend even five minutes, 10 minutes, 15 minutes a day can be incredibly powerful to start to develop a sense of being able to observe one's thoughts, observe. One's breath, Mm -hmm. you know, observes the sounds and the environment and just creating that sense of recognizing one's nature as seeing or listening or observing, we could say. Mm -hmm. And um, we might in my circles call this recognizing one's nature as awareness, Mm. as opposed to the idea of ourselves that we're aware of where it's an opportunity to just simply be aware and rest in a state of awareness which is is could be you know spoken of as witnessing like wit- which witnessing watching one's uh-huh. thoughts watching one's breath and the very classical meditation techniques have to do with observing things like yeah. the breath or the mind or um a mantra or a you know uh affirmation mm-hmm. but um it teaches us uh new patterning to to strengthen those powers of of bearing witness and observing and and listening with less stickiness where we're invested or just mm-hmm. kind of conditioned habitually yeah. to respond in certain ways or you know wanna steer this conversation to what we want to say versus actually taking mm-hmm. in what others are saying or something like that so i think um the body's helpful in this mm-hmm. you know as i was mentioning earlier when the body's encouraged to come to rest and settle the mind content mm-hmm. tends to eventually follow mm-hmm. and there there creates a greater sense of clarity and spaciousness and and one's identity that can be caught in our ideas and thoughts or our emotions can also uptake that sense of spaciousness and stopping and rest that tends to help things settle and then and then we have a different sense of ourselves.
0: Yeah.
1: And I I so I think those are prob that's probably the first pointer is just to to get to get that sense of gap or space or pause. Yeah and to see that we don't have to be ruled by our our habitual conditioning. And as you said, you know, have a greater sense of, of choice of how to
0: respond. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Thank you. I could do a whole nother hour. Oh, okay. Because <laughs> right. time flies really fast. So well, if you what, want to, we could talk longer. It's oh, just yeah, up to no, you. Yeah. Oh yeah, we'll just talk for a few more minutes here because I want to respect time for you. But a large part um, of a graceful leader is a gratitude practice of some sort. The, the understanding of creating awareness for the abundance um, that may not feel abundant enough or might be overflowing with abundance. At any given moment, I have those feelings multiple times a day of both of those extremes. Um, yeah. Do you, do you have you, or do you have a practice where you're creating specific awareness around gratitude in your space in life?
1: Um, I have sort of um, not formal practices, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but more like habits of being, you Mm -hmm. know, like habits of my person. Um, I, I'm a kind of person who sort of came in Just feeling a lot of like, I like who just said thank you all the time. Mm -hmm. You know, like that's just kind of my nature. Yeah. Is I just really appreciate um, acts of kindness or help or, Mm -hmm. you know, beautiful efforts or, or even, you know, sometimes just any efforts. (laughs) Um, So um, I haven't really necessarily gone that direction of Mm -hmm. wanting to cultivate a gratitude practice. But what I do try to do is I'll just sort of reflexively, whenever I find myself, let's say not feeling as full in spirit mm-hmm. and feeling more challenged, is I try to frame situations and challenges in as learning opportunities, yeah. as opportunities to become more conscious, more, more skillful in, in how to
0: mm-hmm. behave.
1: Um, it's a little bit back to that topic of fierce grace. Um yeah. it doesn't always have to feel fierce, it can just feel like your garden variety, you know, challenge or mm-hmm. you know, not not necessarily feeling so great about something. And but it can always be an opportunity to pause and yeah. stop and have that kind of gap to let some other face of grace, you could say, come come forward mm-hmm. and to when we can step back and, and review things or, or even in a given moment while it's playing out, you know, open to more than just our first impressions, mm-hmm. you know, and, and reactions
2: mm-hmm.
1: to, to open to what else is being presented and what opportunities are being presented. There's a way that I think that's my own version of kind of putting uh, a spin of opportunity and blessing on yeah. things that I don't think would typically be called a gratitude practice, mm-hmm. but, but I feel it relates in yeah. in, a way, in in that way where there's something to be let in and received
0: mm-hmm.
1: that can be deeply appreciated, even if it's challenging.
0: Yeah. I do. I think it's directly connected because I know um, through my gratitude practice, it creates a resilience, which is really what we're talking about where, you know, for about a month, I've had a really big challenge in my personal life with some people. Mm -hmm. And, um, for the first week I was just angry and -hmm. bitter. (laughs) (laughs) And then the second week I was like, okay, now I could create space and a pause, you know, and then look at it from different perspectives. Um, and now I'm at the point where I'm just counting the blessings. Like the people that have come in as a result of this thing that I found and described as undesirable Mm -hmm. um, and all of the opportunities for this learning that you're speaking of. Um, But it's definitely a process. It's not, you know, in in the garden variety, I can do it in the nanosecond, but in the bigger life challenges, be it, you know, some of the things that you've experienced a lot, the, the pat, the moving on of a loved one, or just things that we don't want, or we think we don't want to have the experience of, Um, or we feel like we're being unfairly in my case, I feel like I'm being unfairly treated. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and it helps me get out of the old victimhood mentality. Right. You know, I don't sit in it as long a week is a really long time for me, but I did sit there for a week on this one, but I think gratitude creates a a resilience, um, which is really what I'm here. You're speaking to. And the other thing, um, that I think that. We miss out as, you know, so often in probably the ages from 30 to 50, where we're busy, 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 you know,
2: mm-hmm.
0: is, do you, do you find, or maybe you've always had this, um, but I'm finding my sense of wonder and awe oh, just yes. exploding. <laughs> That's um, great. And there's deep gratitude and reverence in that experience. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. 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 Have you always had that or is it moments in time or? I've had it in phases, you know, yeah.
1: a lot of the, the various. Um, I just feel like it's ebb and flow. Yeah. And yeah. I, I feel like um, there's times where I've had a lot more of that. There's mm-hmm. there's times where it, it feels a little bit more hidden and I, and I, you know, look a little bit more closely to find Yeah, what to be grateful for and what is extraordinary and brings a sense of awe. Mm -hmm. Um,
2: I think that
1: uh, I did would love to circle back to something that you said and and which was very transparent when you said, (laughs) you know, you had this these difficult feelings for about a week, Mm -hmm. and I think that that's. that's something I also experience. That you know, as you know, we're not only beings of spirit; we're also very human, and mm-hmm. you know, we we go through life situations that can be challenging. And there's there's um, there's there's ways that relating and communicating and conversing and being with others is such a learning ground for everyone. Mm-hmm. and and i think it's bound to to bring up a lot of emotions yeah and it can be the whole gamut and i i just love the way you said you were saying like oh yeah week week is a little long for me and and i think that 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 points to how you've developed that greater capacity to be conscious and more spacious
2: mm-hmm.
1: and but you know it doesn't matter like sort of how um awakened or enlightened or conscious yeah. a person can be we still can have limits or come up against challenges and we we still can have very very human feelings and some are very positive and some we might not associate with being very positive especially at first yeah but i think just the more we um embrace that mm-hmm. um even if it's uncomfortable you know but but just say yep yeah, this is this is part of the human experience. Yeah, I think I think we access something deeper that cares enough to not always have to have it be pleasant. You know, that wants to to be more skillful or more yeah more truthful or uh, more loving, and sometimes that that love of truth or just love of love sacrifices like a, a pleasant state. Mm -hmm. you know, in order to, to, uh, grow, you know, and, and so I really appreciate what you're saying. And in the spirit of transparency, I wanted to mention and be transparent myself and, and say that I, I think that's really important.
0: Yeah. Thank you for witnessing that. I appreciate it. Um, when, when you think about leadership today, just, you can look at our country, the world, wherever you want to go. Okay. Okay. Um, What, what words of wisdom, what hopes do you have um, for our leaders that are in place now? And maybe more importantly, the ones that are coming up behind us for um, you know, I have a utopian feeling about unity and love and it doesn't mean there isn't strife and some hard work and all those emotional landscapes that we maneuver through, but that we're all acknowledging that we're, we are unity. Like that's literally a thing and we don't fight against it and and have the us versus them as much as we do today. Is there anything, words of wisdom or a hope that you'd like to leave everyone that's listening with today?
1: Um, there are so many things flying through my mind right now. Um, I don't know that I would have words necessarily specifically for the, the leaders of our countries and leaders of our world. They could certainly, you know, listen to my next words and see how they resonate. But Mm -hmm. I think just for each individual, Mm -hmm. I think that it's just so important not to underestimate your contribution, Mm. you know, and, and the power of stewarding your own consciousness toward what you might call unity Mm -hmm. or, um, through, you know, toward authenticity or more skillful living and relating and expressing depth. Mm Mm-hmm. And intimacy of of relating that I think I think it's just amazing how powerful one individual can be, and I think it not only is powerful within our own sphere, but mm-hmm. I have the intuition that it greatly shifts what what we might call the collective consciousness, yes. and you know yes. even the mindset of a nation or of a world. And, and I think that there's ways to elevate that collective consciousness through each of us, you know, leaning into our, our own flowering of spirit, you know, or our own practices, you know, whether they be introspection or meditation or um, gratitude practice, Mm -hmm. whatever those practices might be that help us uh, flower as what I might call agents of
0: spirit. I love that. So okay, so I'm gonna go one more because I'm like, oh, sure, yeah, no. yeah, yeah. Okay, so now imagine like I had this visual of um, a leader and a field of flowers, right? Like it, their only job was to have them open so that they can follow the sun and do whatever it is they're here to do, right? Which is my belief system and what I experience when I'm working with leaders. That's what they're doing for everyone that's following them, mm-hmm. and to, and hopefully it's a symbiotic choice I choose you as my leader and I choose you as my follower and we can do this dance and eventually it will evolve to a new dance with you or with someone else so what what
2: how I'm not sure the right frame for the question
0: I'm the leader in front of the field of flowers okay how or what You tell me if it's, which one shows up for you, do I do or not do see, there's all of this dualities coming in right now to simply be what the flowers need to do what the flowers are there to do. Do you follow? Does this make sense? I think so. Okay. I think you
1: just be yourself and they, they follow your modeling and they're just their selves
0: yeah um yeah
1: I mean, I think
2: also the um
1: yeah I mean, in that way, like leading is is sort of a byproduct of of simply being what you are, yeah you know as as spirit, as a human being, as the whole um Mm-hmm. integration of that. Uh, I kind of think that leading and following is something that happens almost simultaneously mm-hmm. in a given person. Yes. So I I think that when we're attending to depth, there's a way that depth itself is leading.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And as as a person who's sensing that depth, even within our own being, we're following Mm -hmm. the lead of depth. And then um, there's whatever unfolds and expresses, but it carries that perfume of leading and following at the same time. Mm -hmm. And I think that then people around us pick up on that. They pick up on that sense of depth that isn't owned by anybody. Mm -hmm. It registers differently in each person perhaps, but it's, it's it's like a energetic um, co-arising. It can be a co-arising, or we could say that it arises maybe strongly in one person, but it sets off the the you know the tuning forks of everybody else around yes. them, and so they feel that sense of depth. And when they feel that atmosphere of attending to it, and they join in that, then everyone's following and leading kind of at the same time.
0: Yes. Yes. (laughs) And, and I can think of a couple of experiences in my, you know, career work life where, um, fortunately and equally, unfortunately, in some ways I had experiences like that where leaders created that symbiotic relationship. Um, and we all blossomed differently and at the same time. And, all kinds of really cool things happen. And then, you know, performance followed just as a byproduct of all of that. Cause we found our right. groove and our flow together. Yes. Um, but equally, once you experience that, it's a little addictive because then you go into like, you get your new job and you go to this new culture and it feels like sandpaper or oh, right. no one's in the groove and we can't find how to be together. Right. And I, honestly, you said a word that, um, I think it's part of my whole life workout here through partnership, mm. all types of partnerships is the word intimacy. And, mm. and that word alone changes every other thing. It does. It, it does. changes every other thing. And so yeah. when I have conversations with leaders about being intimate, first, we have to define what that is and the appropriateness and all of those things but then they go and have their version of the experience of intimacy with someone that they work with. And, and much like I previously shared, they come back and said, you won't believe it. You won't believe it. And I'm like, tell me what I won't believe. And and it's just, (laughs) yeah, it's so magical, right? It's, It's their magic that they've been the catalyst for and then been a part of where that leading and following starts to come into flow. Like you were mentioning, um, and we're so, as a culture, well, I'll say this from my framework, for me, um, much of my life, it, that has been the toughest thing, mm-hmm. be willing to be intimate. Yeah. And then yeah, the, yeah. the perceived risk of loss and in various forms, you know, literal loss, betrayal, all, and everything that happens in between um, that you feel you put at risk with intimacy. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Well, I can see why you've gravitated toward this. um, If I, if I am saying, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but this life purpose of creating safety, Mm -hmm. because I think that that's um, attending to an environment where intimacy um, can really occur. Mm -hmm. And it's not that it it can't occur in other situations, but it certainly does make it a lot more accessible to people.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And, and I, I don't even know, you know, I want to thank you both for the work you're doing in the world because the gift of silence never stops giving to the point where um, this place we call Ubuntu up here eventually. um, And we're working towards it. We've got some um, things to work through with zoning and things like that. But it is literally going to be a place to come be silent. And that's mm-hmm. it. And um, mm-hmm. it's funny how many people resist that, including mm-hmm. me at one point, you know? Yeah. 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 yeah.
1: It's like, I think they resist it because I don't actually, haven't really experienced it.
0: No, yeah. You
1: know, but once you experience it directly Mm -hmm. not from an idea of what you think it is
0: Mm -hmm.
1: but from from actually stepping into that and Mm -hmm. and having that direct encounter then a lot of connotations around you know silence or Mm -hmm. or stillness or something like that uh fall away
0: yeah Um, yeah they do
1: yeah and that's true of most most things in life right sure that we resist Yeah. yeah
0: The silence brings forward the fear of being with yourself though, like nothing else. There's no other I can I haven't experienced. I'm not saying there isn't one. Yeah. But there I haven't experienced another reckoning that just has you face to face with you. Right. More than silence, right? And so yeah. that can be the most unnerving part. And right. that of course is where the beauty and the opportunity is as well. So yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. That's certainly one of those fears that can actually be blended with anticipation yes. and excitement at the same time. Yes. Yeah. 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 Cause yeah. it's kind of funny how people will be like really wanting to know themselves and to feel at home in themselves and rest in mm-hmm. themselves, but at the same time, fear it.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Yeah.
1: Very, very human.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Thank you so incredibly much. And how, tell me a little bit about how people can find you and what you're excited okay. about in your world.
1: Oh, Okay. Well, um, if you want to find out more about the teachings that I offer, you can go to my website, which is www.mukdisource.org. And so that's M-U-K-T-I-S-O-U-R-C-E.org. And um, you can also go to a, a partner website, which is adyashanti.org, that's my husband's name. Mm-hmm. And um, so we each have our own site that's connected there. Yeah. So there's lots of stuff there. There's um, some free guided meditations, some free talks, there's written articles, there's past newsletters that we've issued that you can go back and reread where there's mm-hmm. um, you know, different um, articles and things like that. There's, Adya has a free book, That's, that's one of his most seminal books called the way of liberation. And there's a free PDF download on the website. Mm -hmm. So you're welcome to get on the mailing list. If you want to, you know, learn more about that and be Mm -hmm. receive our newsletters and things like that. Mm -hmm. As far as what I'm excited about these days. um, (laughs) Well, I'm actually just very excited about kayaking. Oh, um, wow. Yeah. So. That's something that I'm looking forward to doing a little bit more of when I have uh, some time off in July. Um, but yeah, I'm just excited about um, as far as my practice goes. Um, I'm more excited about introspection lately in terms of journaling. Yeah. I, I I've done a lot of introspecting just sort of on a regular basis when I go for walks and just giving space for my mind to just sort of contemplate, and my heart to contemplate things and just be with them, but lately I've really taken to to journaling and really uh, spelling out uh, specific um, patterns that I want to refine.
0: Yeah, that's beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, putting paper to pen in a more old fashioned ways. It's an experience that brings in things that I haven't found other experiences to be able to do, even with the keyboard. It's not the same for me.
1: It's not if the I'm same. At, yeah. If I could leave you with a couple of questions that I often ask when I'm introspecting mm-hmm. the audience might like them. Sure. I'll often ask myself this pair of questions. You know, what can I attend to mm-hmm. that's within reach that's drawing on my energy? And then the second question, or sometimes I ask the second question first, what can I attend to that's within reach that'll will you feed me or or nourish my my spirit and my person? And I just let it, let it, let those questions hang in the quiet. Like I don't search the databanks of my mind for the answer. I Mm -hmm. just sort of drop them into the quiet and just, I'm always usually a little surprised by what comes forward.
0: Oh, I Um, love those. Yeah. yeah.
1: Cause there's kind of a wisdom when I drop things into the quiet where things sort of get organically attended to Mm -hmm. in ways that like, if I try to just um, analyze it in my mind, um, I'll get the sense that sometimes I'm there's a step that could come before the step that my mind comes up with, <laughs> <laughs> but the, the silence just kind of seems to know.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. I'm going to yeah. play with those. So thank you yeah. for that. Yeah. Thank welcome. you very, very much for your time.
1: You're welcome. It's been a pleasure. Yeah. Really? Absolutely. really. I'm thrilled about what you're doing. I read a good portion of your book. I'm almost
0: finished. Thank you. Thank you. So I've I been enjoying
1: it. that. And um, excited about everything you're doing there.
0: Thank you. Same here. The the awe and wonder goes right back to both of you for sure. (laughs) Okay. Thank you.
1: All right. Take good care then, all of you.
0: Thank you for tuning in to The Power of a Graceful Leader. Please join your host, Alexis Thompson, for another enlightening edition of the program soon on the Voice America Empowerment Channel.